Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. That boy Elon Musk is off the chain. What in the fuck? <laughs> he fired more people than Jacqueline in one day. <laughs> now firing. That Oregon shit wasn't nothing. Nope. Eight people? You got off light. Elon Musk recently bought Twitter, fired the whole C-suite, and then began firing hundreds of employees, including key members of a team that work on moderating disinformation on the high-profile hmm. social media platform. This one is next level. I wasn't ready, Wait, man. is it next level or is it what you do when you spend so much money on a company that's now yours? I'm not defending him because those people need to eat. But when something belongs to you, you do with it what you wish. I think the ripples are are, are heavier uh, for this one. I I don't see it like a normal corporate move. I, I felt like it was super ego move. This is for everybody. Mm. Have multiple streams of income. My daddy put it best. Don't let one person stop your show. So Jacqueline's basically telling all of our listeners, get your OnlyFans page popping. That's what she's saying. <laughs> what would you do on OnlyFans, third? It ain't all gotta be freaky shit. You know people just like chefs and there's teachers on there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, if there were uh, a group of black men who complain heavily about children, uh, that would be my OnlyFans. That's that's what I would do. I would uh, I would have people pay me to complain about their kids, not my own, just my, other people's children. Oh. My OnlyFans would just be videos of me asking a woman how her day was, so you can just put that in front of your girl when she get home and you can go play PlayStation. Oh my gosh. I'd make millions. My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Wednesday. It is the most beautiful day of the week. I don't know what day of the week you were born on, but if it wasn't Wednesday, your parents wouldn't have sex the right way. Uh, third, you know I was born on a Tuesday. Stop saying that. That is unfortunate, and my condolences to you. You weren't born on a Wednesday either. Yeah, but I've tried to overcome, much like this election this week, I don't agree with those results. <laughs> How do I know I was born on a Monday? That's just a, go- a birth certificate. It's just a government document that could be forged. I might not even be 43. I'm not 43. I do not accept the results <laughs> of that of that data. Mm. Okay. See, that's the new world, man. You can you can you can claim new things now, JG. I'm I'm a 42 year old white man. I put on New Balances at least twice a week and walk Absolutely. around. So you what? know, Absolutely. it all works out. Be what you want to be. Absolutely, it's a new world. And as a proud. And as a proud white man right now, I'm tired of the persecution of my people. Talk about it. So we can be what we want to be? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can change back. I want to be unbothered at the hair salon. Ooh. Okay, see, now you bring like, look, you're going to bring up some off air shit on air. I'm going to get into it. Don't you dare. Nah, I left it alone. Don't you don't dare. Hey, don't. Look, we're talking about food today. This is me moving on. See? This is me turning the page. Now, if you say that shit again, we're going we're gonna to talk about it. This is me being Homer moving it back into the bush. This is what. <laughs> Chef Rock Harper, you know him uh, from Hell's Kitchen. He was a winner of season three. He is now a famed international chef. And we're going to talk to him about the world of running a restaurant, how it is running a restaurant post-COVID, and the scams that you motherfuckers. 
fucking reality show producers mm-hmm. run on people mm-hmm. to try and make them fucking crack oh, on no. camera. Y'all gotta feed the people, man. Feed the damn reality people. TV. The word reality should be in quotations. Uh two things I want to talk about real quick. Um, we were missed this uh, last year. We were missed this? No, let me get this right. Is that what you just said? Did I, did I, did I, did I say we that right? We were this? Right? Remiss this? I know one of us working in, in, in a college I, setting. I'm pretty sure that re- no, let's try that again. <laughs> we forgot to do it. Forgot no, leave that shit in. No, don't edit that. I said what this. I said. Oh, we remissed <laughs> last year. <laughs> I went to college, graduated 2.8 GPA. Um, what? Number one last year, Native American Heritage yes. Month. Facts. This month. And um, I know one of our job fair listeners hit us up on the email, RoyceJobFair at gmail.com. If you want to point out our racial blind spots, oh. we're happy to own up to them. Um, hmm. We drop a special episode from Beyond the Scenes where we talked about uh, the indigenous community and the mm. disrespect they get from all the sports mascots, mm. and Braves and the Chiefs and, you know, all of that shit. Uh, we'll do that a little later this month. JG, you had the email. I don't have this person's name, but it's Jody to Native. Yo, okay. it's Jody, Jody, an assistant professor at a major university sent an email. It's is Jody the First Nation person we had on earlier this year that was doing the forest firework? No. no this is different. No. Okay. All yeah, right. and he's but that's cool. He said, P.S., as a Native American, I would love to hear the job fair recognized November as National Native American Heritage Month. So, hi, Jody. All right, boom. I think we just did it. I think, yes. I think we just... Boom. Um, we do need to talk about that that reservation life mm. at some point. Well, you know, to what be, to be real, like. we actually we talked to the one. Yeah, we talked to somebody, and he actually gave out jobs on the res. Remember, he came out and we're talking about jobs that had people as a community center. Um, so you know, shout out. We 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 you know. Rhonda, go back and look at the grid. We'll find that out, and uh, we'll get that person a shout out yeah. as, as um as needed. So November. Number one, Native American Heritage Month. Number two, the goddamn McRib is back. And you know, don't nobody work harder than that motherfucking fake meat sandwich. I don't know what it is, but it's delicious. (laughs) It's an emperor penguin foot. It's endangered. That's why it only comes around. Don't say that. Why not? That's what it looked like. Happy Feet was the sweetest movie about penguins. That's why they was happy because no, they had their feet. feet wasn't turned into McGree. That's it. They were happy that they that Look. McDonald's retired Ronald McDonald and the Hamburglar and they weren't showing up in Antarctica <laughs> scooping them boys up. That's what they were happy about. That's what that whole movie was. That was a subtext. That's why they was dancing. Yo, did you know Did you know the McLobster was canceled in the McLobster. 80s because McDonald's the McLobster was a real yeah. sandwich. It was test marketed in the Northeast. It did amazing and sick. It did amazing. It was like a cheap ass lobster uh-huh. roll, but they did the calculations and they went, "If we go nationwide, not global, if we just go nationwide with the McLobster, the entire lobster population will be extinct." Really? Damn, that sounds right though. I really want to know what are the other failed sandwiches, right? You know what I mean? Like, what other sandwiches did they try to do that just ultimately failed? Like the McHaggis. I remember distinctly, and these are all real Phil McDonald's menu mm-hmm. sandwiches, and this is from some Daily Show research for a sketch we never did. McSpaghetti, McLobster, the Arch Deluxe, and McPizza. Arch Deluxe. What's on a Deluxe? Arch Deluxe, I remember. I don't At know. LA, there is a restaurant, I can't remember the name of it, but it has a, has a $22 lobster sandwich that is fabulous. I mean, truly fabulous. I get to the airport is that early. The Delta Terminal. It is a Delta Terminal. Mm. Uh, it's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Okay, Tiffany Cross Ooh. of MSNBC. Ooh. And uh, full disclosure, this is a friend, yeah. and I do, and I and I don't say that casually. I was just on her program a couple months ago. Talking about the Neutral Ground Emmy-nominated documentary with the homie C.J. Hunt available now wherever you stream and pay for shit legally. <laughs> I just I don't like the way this was done. <clears throat> MSNBC abruptly canceled Tiffany Cross's show, <laughs> The Cross Connection. We used to come on from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. 
on Saturday mornings and the cancellation was announced Friday morning and it was effective immediately. This is not how television shows are normally canceled, which means that something must have happened. Now, they're saying, oh, we decided not to renew a contract, but you don't just yank somebody off the air and not give them the the, 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 hey, good night, see y'all later, thank y'all, it was a pleasure to be a part of the MSNBC. You piss somebody off. In a statement, Tiffany Cross said, quote, I am disheartened to learn of MSNBC's decision to cancel my show four days before the midterm Mm. elections. We were intentional about centering marginalized voices of the rising majority from all communities of color. Fresh off the heels of a racial reckoning, as so many have called it, we see that with progress, there's always backlash. Ooh. You know, that's just a little... That's a little She's jabbing there with the, with, the, with the verbiage. I like Ooh. it. Ooh. I like Ooh. it. With the career in media spanning two decades from CNN to BET to MSNBC, I've not only navigated newsrooms, but built them as well. With a rapidly changing media landscape, I look forward to maintaining a platform that continues to reflect the changing demographics of this country. Go ahead on, Queen. It's becoming inherently more dangerous to speak the truth, but I will not stop. The attacks on me from other outlets and former host Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Megyn Kelly, will never control my narrative. Thank you to my community and fans for your overwhelming advocacy. I can I not talk today? I'm remiss to not learn the word advocacy. <laughs> we'll be remiss in the tape and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the more than 4.6 million monthly viewers. Nice. I am forever in awe of you, and I am so grateful. See you soon. Classy. I really hope that she does not get blackballed, man. I hope she does not get blackballed. That is that is something that happens a lot in media that people don't talk about because it's like the you know the unspoken ugly word. When you're an outspoken black woman, you do not get shut out of media. We all know that when Melissa Harris Perry left MSNBC, Ooh. it was easy for her to. Fi- mm. Okay, 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 okay. 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 Right. What about Farad Chadea? What about Farad Chadea? She she when Farad Chadea well, she. she mm. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, oh, dude, Angela Rock. Mm. When Angela Rock was spitting that fire and that real shit, right. and she left CNN, yeah. and she was at BT, yeah. and she left BT, it was real easy for another outlet. Would t- mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Zelina Maxwell. Oh, that's a good Zelina call. Maxwell. Good call. She had to join on Peacock. Definitely had the Peacock show. Oh, damn. Wait, they just they canceled, canceled her a couple months ago. Oh, shit. <sighs> All right, there might be something to this shit, <laughs> I'll concede that. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm conceding. But I think, I think there's a lesson. Hashtag sarcasm taught a black absolutely. woman. Right absolutely, absolutely, because I would, yeah, absolutely. But I think there's a yeah. lesson for all of us, and we talked about it just a few minutes ago. You can't have all your money, not saying that she does. I'm not talking about her at all. I'm just saying mm-hmm. holistically, as normal, everyday people that we are, don't let all your money come from one pot. You just can't. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, Tiffany's not, you know, a wild spender. She's going to land somewhere Good. amazing and she'll be fine. She's so. talented. I really hope so. You know, but this type of stuff, man, with jur- when you're talking about television, you're talking about journalism, yeah. you got to keep one eye over your shoulder. I hate to say it. That's why, like, when folks keep why talking about this. Why do you hate to say it, though? That's true. Because you wish that you wish the game wasn't like that. Okay. I mean, you wish the game wasn't right. like that, but I mean, it is what it is. I kind of agree with JG on this. I don't think it's necessarily something you got to apologize for. And then before, you know, so also not forget there's a certain level of stress that comes with being in a newsroom especially one like she was in she's taking shots from other dudes at other networks and like if you're going to try to be classy about it yeah okay you can ignore it but you know I don't necessarily think it was non-classy of her to be like yo y'all keep bringing that smoke I'm going to bring this fire how about that? She is not just taking shots from the likes of Tucker Carlson and Megyn Kelly and people at other networks she is taking shots from their sycophants as well. Tiffany Cross is not, it's it's one thing if you're just beefing with a person and hey, fuck you, fuck you. And you just say, like the old school John Stewart, Tucker Carlson, Crossfire, like the old school John Stewart, Jim Cramer bullshit that used to happen between The Daily Show and what was it, Fast Money, whatever Cramer show is, right? That's professional beef. Tiffany is opening up her social media every damn day and dealing with all of these idiots that are just verbally abusing and attacking her. And 
And then you're supposed to just sit on air every Saturday and, be cool. and just be all composed. You got to protect black women, man, especially when they're in a situation where they're on TV and Cass is talking hella crazy to them. And there's nothing about being chauvinistic or anything else. But these networks and a lot of the stuff with this social media, a lot of these sisters, whether they've been on the news, whether they've been on Star Wars, whether they've been on Lord of the Rings. We talk about places that don't even really have black people, but like they're still getting attacked in real time. And I feel like, you know, there's no real balance. You expect these people to just you expect these women to act like nothing's wrong and get on the air and, and just be cool about it, man. Like, I, I, I really respect a lot of patience she showed before she popped off on some of them cats. Yeah, they was already waiting and, you know, Tiffany was being Tiffany and then they decided that's the thing. When I'm sure if we dig in the crates on the last two years of the cross connection, she's probably spit way hot fire Way something way more hotter than that. Is there any grace at all for for doing that kind of stuff? You know, part of why I encourage a little bit of cursing and raunch. Somebody on Twitter referred to us as an amazing employment podcast, but a little raunchy at times. Really? And I couldn't have been more prouder of the tweet <laughs> because it was like, yes, that's exactly what we're not raunchy all the yeah. time. We're raunchy at times. So, so. It established new boundaries of expectations from daily show viewers of me. Mm-hmm. I like that we're on the edge of chaos, Roy. If we weren't mm. on the edge of chaos, I probably would be bored. But nonetheless, she died on her shield mm-hmm. saying exactly what's on her mind and not kowtowing and not tweaking and changing none of that shit for that. My good friend, Tiffany Cross. You are Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. And if you need a little money in the meantime, Tiffany, and come on over to Sackleson State and be the dean because you know as they say at Sackleson State good. you know find a way or make one we, we will find a way or we will make one just like Clark Atlanta oh my god I know the men in her DMs right now talking about baby come on over here baby girl now. you know you don't need to work for real you know what I'm saying you just let me take care of you girl mm. Uh, mm. oh real quick before we meet Chef Rock yes. thank you Down South Georgia Girl the episode 30 September 29th the Art of the Resignation. That's when we spoke with Thomas of the All Nations Healthcare, yeah. who broke down the indigenous community and how COVID has affected the reservations and how the federal government has abandoned them. So that's a little bit of a tip of the hat to our Native American community. But uh, next year, you got you got you got our word. We'll do it. I'll even. Well, I won't do the yeah. song. No. no. Well, wait, well, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll talk about. We'll talk about. We have to do a theme song. I, I, might, I might. I might have an idea yeah. for that, though, man. You know, we you might know. have to. We might have to just feature indigenous rappers, man. Those dudes are yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Like all the way across yeah. the board, indigenous shit rappers, ain't coming out my mouth. Hilarious. You finna me? Yeah. Fucked up like the tomahawk chop. <laughs> nope. Won't be me. <laughs> Oh my God. Worse than first time. And if it's one thing I know one person on this podcast love is Jacqueline. And I know she loves food. Food, glorious food. She loves a catfish fried hard. Yes, with mustard. We asked you a couple months ago if you would pay $1,000 to meet any celebrity. And you said no, but you said you would pay $1,000 for the right food experience. Absolutely. That is true. Absolutely. If you say so. I'm not sure if there's anything worth the thousand dollars. Why are you doubting me? This is my opinion. You know, listen, I'm not here to attack your dreams. I'm not here to attack your dreams. Um let's get let's let's get this guest on because I always feel inspired to welcome my fellow reality show brethren. Uh, JG, who do we have on the line? We welcome Chef Rock Harper, a native of San Diego, and he credits his love for cooking to his summer spent with his grandmother in Virginia. In 2007, he won season three of the reality cooking show Hell's Kitchen. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) His career has been on the rise since his days at B. Smith's, okay. In 2020, he opened the restaurant
restaurant Queen Mother's Fried Chicken in Arlington, Virginia. The eatery pays homage to the recipes of his mother and grandmother and has garnered praise from publications like Eater, DC, The Washington Post, and The Washingtonian Magazine. And he'll be talking to us today about his impressive culinary career and maybe he can give me some tips on a couple of recipes. Hi. <laughs> Chef Rock, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for coming on the job fair. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I Jacqueline that is I'm a bottle I'm a bottle that uh, introduction on up. I appreciate you, sister. That was Thank you. Oh, oh, so nice and eloquent. Hi, yes. Shout out to Brooklyn. You got to be doing all that digging and finding out this stuff. We also, Chef Rock, we got to talk about this podcast, the Chef Rock Experiment Podcast, where you talk about the restaurant industry and the ins and outs of it and, you know, front of the house, back of the house issues, all of that type of stuff. We'll dig into that as well, because I know the restaurant industry has been dealing with some issues during the COVID time, and a lot of the employees show up high on cocaine and you can't fire them because that cocaine motherfucker is still better than anybody you can find what? off the street. I'm sorry, I'm getting into getting into the weeds right now. Uh, first and foremost, how much does a reality show like Hell's Kitchen get right about cooking and the fast-paced craziness mm. that goes on in the back of house versus what's kind of souped up for TV. And I'm not asking you to shit on it. We all know reality TV, you make a couple of cheats, but how much does it honor the actual experience of what you learned when you was in chef college? I, I don't know what it's called. Is that what it's called? <laughs> chef college. That's literally the official term, Roy. That's food <laughs> school. I'll say this. Um, so the thing about, you know, last camp comic standing is that you can, the, the viewer can consume, can taste, if you will. It's corny, but I can get the joke, right? But I can't mm. taste the food. I can only conceptually think, oh, this, the scallops mm. Look nice. done, right? If if that joke landed poorly, that there ain't shit you can edit to make that j- joke sound better, right? But they can make uh, dinner service, or I can make a certain dish, or the producers can sort of chop it up to make me look like a, sh- a better chef um, uh, than it appears to be. But here's mm-hmm. here's where Hell's Kitchen gets right that I, I, I personally know. The restaurant business is crazy as hell. It, as you know, like like you said, the cocaine cook mm-hmm. sometimes is the best cook. Um, and so you just have to be ready mm-hmm. for chaos and just the unexpected every single day. And what else Kitchen does right, whether it was uh, intentionally or not, it's just going to give you chaos every single shift. And most of it is, is uh, uh, you know, it's, they, they plan on it. But so in order to win, you have to be ready. You got to be flexible. You got to have a sense of resilience. And you got to, you know, you got to have a therapist as soon as you leave out of there. Um, so. It gets that part right. <laughs> you never really know if the pressure that they're putting on you sometimes is just for the camera or is the pressure really that real? Like, how rough is that? Like, to be in that environment? Because you both were in it in the old school, like, for lack of a better word. I was last comic standing in 08 and 2010, but last comic standing is just a joke. So, it, and I had done enough television up until that point where it's just, I'm doing comedy on TV and whoever likes me, likes me. So, I'll, I'll pass the ball to yeah. you, Chef, because. I will not compare stand-up to trying to create something against a clock in a room with 20 other people and a British man yelling shit <laughs> yeah, at you. calling everybody the C-word. Fun fact, I used to want to be, that was my first love with stand-up comedy, and I, I, didn't, I didn't go down that route for a number of reasons. But yeah, to stand on stage and do what you do, Roy, like that's some scary shit. Like I'd rather sometimes I'm. It says something about me. I'd rather a British dude yelling at me and cooking scallops than uh, than standing on stage and trying to make a hundred people see, laugh. See, I consider cooking a form of performance because you are using your creativity to create something that alters the mood of the person mm-hmm. who consumes it. But with you on the first bite, if they don't like it. I said right. for you, motherfucker, right. get done. I can adjust. I can change my jokes. I can go through my catalog. Like, you can't cook some shit and they go, ugh, I'll be right back. I cook some other Hold shit. Hold on, I got in the back right quick. That's what people get wrong is that really the crazy thing is, this, it took me a long time to learn this as a culinary artist. It's really not as much about the food than it is about creating the environment where I see the guests. 
and I see the, the, the set, like you can some of our best experiences happen experience. some of the some sometimes in some of the shittiest places, right? And sometimes it can be the, the you know the Michelin star rated places, mm. but it's about how they made people feel. And nobody expects to be perfect all night, but it's mm-hmm. how you respond to when you mess it up. So um we we can adjust, but if if it's horrible, you know, yeah, they, they might get up out of there. <laughs> but uh just to answer your question real quick there, I think that for me, it was, um, I was used to pressure and I, I, I went there to win. I wanted to change my life and I always wanted to be in entertainment. Like I said, yes. I, I wanted to be a, a comedian early on. So it wasn't, people were crying and breaking down. It's hard as hell. Like it's really hard. You know, you isolate it from, from mm. life. There's no phone, there's no books. The only book that made it through was the Bible. And uh, I didn't want like nothing. So they oh. really ice. It's like a science experiment. You got people watching in the bathroom. You, you're away from your loved ones. Um, so that does something to even the best of chefs. Uh, but I just. And that's the early days of reality TV where they would withhold wow. meals to drive, to create hunger, to, to make the contestants irritable. Yeah. I'm not saying they did that on Hill's Kitchen, but there were definitely yeah. ways that they could manufacture, like change the temperature in the room, tricky shit like that. That's terrible. Yeah, psychological yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, keep going, chef. I'm sorry. There were elements of it. I think I noticed some of it while I was there, but later on you sort of realize like, oh, they did that on purpose, right? Um, you know, we didn't have alarm clocks. So there's, hmm. so you, so if you don't have alarm clocks, you got to get up and, and, and they gave us beer and wine and alcohol and kitchen, you could get whatever you wanted as far as like, you could order a lot. There was a grocery list. You could order lobster, filet mignon. You could, and as long as you cooked it, you could have whatever you want. You got to, we realized like two days in, I realized I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and raisin bran because you ain't got time to, you know, you don't have time to cook an actual meal. I'm trying to change my fucking life. I ain't trying to, you know, be in the cooking. <laughs> so, uh, but they would, yeah, they would change, you know, they, they would do certain things, not necessarily to sabotage, but to see how you react the way I took it. They want to see how you, how a true leader reacts when mm. everything is supposed to go right and shit goes left. Excuse my, excuse my life. But, um, Please curse away. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was okay for me. I just, you just got to know it's not going to be. I thought it was going to be Hollywood the way they sort of sent the invitation. It was like, you know, bring beach clothes. Yes. You're going to have, uh, you know, it was 12 episodes. I knew it was going to be six weeks. I'm like, oh, two dinner services a week. This is going to be sweet. And, you know, the beach clothes were so they could mm-hmm. throw you in the dumpster and you didn't mess up your chef pants. And, uh, I mean, that's just that's just it was oh. not Hollywood in the sense that the, what I thought, what I knew about L.A. or, you know, TV business. It was really hard. And that mm-hmm. worked for me because all you had to focus on was the kitchen and the experience of being a great cook under Gordon Ramsay. That's the kind of environment I thrive upon. Like I go at it. I'm a great student and I'm a great learner. So you give me the ball uh, and show me which way to go. I'm going to go. So uh, it worked out in my favor that season. After the break, I want to get into the scam, Chef Rock, of how hard it is to start a restaurant and keep a restaurant going. But first, after the break, the homie Narado, a.k.a. Rod for short, he's going to come on here and um, drive this show off the rails as we celebrate Native Americans and the McGrib. It is the job. Wait. <laughs> what? Yes. No. That's not culinary. Hey, that's racist. How is that racist? <laughs> hey, oh, let's go. Go to, break. go to break. Jacqueline's becoming racist. How? Like, Anti-Native American. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts job fair and we are bike 
Chef Rock Harper standing by for Scam of the Week. We're going to talk to Brother Harper a little bit about what it's like to run his restaurant down there in the DMV and some of the scams involved in just trying to make a restaurant succeed. But it's time we slow it down. Bring a brother on this program now. He is the inventor of the emotional support Kahlua. Mm. And um, thank you. As we get into the holiday season, I'm gonna eat both He is there to comfort you, ladies, if you need a plus one to your family function so your family can feel like you're making progress in your love life because you're feeling a little embarrassed. He will attend. Oh. Your holiday functions. He's a friend. Two thousand dollars on the Venmo. <laughs> uh, his mama named him Rado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, welcome aboard. We talking restaurants. Yeah. Today, Rod, we've been talking with the homie Chef Rock Harper, breaking down winning on Hill's Kitchen, and we'll yes. talk to him in a second about running his restaurant on the backside of that. I, I keep forgetting, Rod, did you ever work at a restaurant? I don't feel like you ever... Yeah, I did, man. I used to, I used to work at a Ruby T. Really? Worked at a great one, too. Worked at the one uh, in the in the mall. And the one in the Galleria. It was a good time. <laughs> Yo, restaurant job in the mall. Around the corner from the Foot Locker? No, that's the Black... That, no, that's the... <laughs> no, not... not the no, not, right. no, that was Worcester the Hills. Worcester Hills Mall. No, they... They didn't have, I don't even think they had a food. They had an Applebee's. They, they, like they didn't have a. No. <laughs> Rod, we turn it over to you, brother, and give these people some topics they can bring up at the job, bro. Well, since we're, we're talking chefs, food, and restaurants, right now in, in the black community, a, a scandal has erupted. A woman recently posted on TikTok about a Texas roadhouse serving her macaroni and cheese that was not fresh and baked from a steakhouse. It is absolutely craft mac and cheese that they're serving in the Texas Roadhouse. And a lot of people oh. came out of the woodwork saying, I've been trying to tell people this. I had my suspicions. And weirdly enough, there's been some people defending them. Does it matter if it's store-bought? I think the problem is that it's not good, but it's not up to par with what you expect the mac and cheese to be at a steakhouse. You expect that to be fresh, baked, high quality, and instead, you know, they're charging you eight, nine dollars for some shit they shook out of a box that was 50 cents. <laughs> and that's fucked up. If you don't put five cheeses in your macaroni and cheese, I don't want it. Amen to that, sister. I don't like the fact that mac and cheese has become an entree in a lot of places. Mm. Mac and cheese is a side item. It should always yeah, be Yeah, they a keep adding item. meat to it. Yeah. yeah. Bacon <laughs> lobster mac and cheese is $16. You want a side? Bitch, that is a side. And then, but then they bring you out the whole platter that they were going to serve the restaurant and be like, no, this is just for you. Like, come on, man. Y'all know, but they don't even put no garnish on it either. That's the worst part. They just bring it out to you in a casserole dish. Still in the Pyrex. Still in the Pyrex. <laughs> Talking about some $17 for some mac and cheese, yo. Nah. I want Gouda in it. I want provolone. I want feta. I want mozzarella. I want shredded cheddar. All of those things. And I'll pay you $18 for some mac and cheese if you're doing that. Yeah, I love a good mac and cheese. I, I can eat a bowl of mac and cheese by itself. Yeah, when you make it's it. It's a comfort food. At home. But if I go to a restaurant, I don't want no damn craft mac and cheese. Apparently, this is like more common than you know. Thank you, Booker Hayat. Um, a Southern California brunch spot was caught using Popeye's chicken no. in its dishes. That's no. just trifling. Sweet Dixie's Chicken and Biscuits was charging $12.95 when that actual meal only cost $5.99 at Popeye's. Wow. Double up. Dirty game, dirty world. <laughs> Dang. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Sometimes you gotta be slick with the shit. Let's flip it up for the people real quick, right? Man, on the other side of the aisle, some of the most exciting news to hit Whiteville, USA in a long time. Uh, San Francisco has opened a French Michelin star restaurant for dogs. Oh, that's sweet. What does that mean? And when I say for dogs, I mean they don't serve human food. This isn't a you can bring your dog to our restaurant. We've got a couple no. treats for the dog. This is a full no. blown 
fine dining establishment for your canine oh. friend, including a $75 tasting menu that rotates every Sunday. What? Stop it. A Not rotating. Stop no. <laughs> we have to stop doing this. No, no that's sweet. Yeah. If somebody wants to pay for this fine, but you are exploiting the pockets of people that. <sighs> Exploit those dumb fuckers. I support policing. Thank you, Rod. I'm trying work. to be tactful. <laughs> I'm trying to be tactful. But if you're willing to take your $112 meal, God damn it, give them two of them. Get all the money <laughs> for them dummies. <laughs> These are people with disposable income. These are the same people who have IG accounts for their dogs. This is what I'm saying. What's like, wrong just. with that? Even that's okay-ish, but there are a lot of people who their animal is a substitute for interacting with the world. Yes. And so then you're going to exploit them at 150 a plate for some goddamn people? Yes. That shit probably Popeye's too. It's probably some red beans (laughs) and rice. So do we want to exploit them and allow them to be with their four-legged friends or do we want them to do something that's dangerous like running down the strip stabbing people or something else? Because if you just want to be with a dog, go ahead. I'm not mad at you. I agree with you. That's fair. I agree with you that there is something emotionally missing there. But if that's going to keep you calm. Not with all of them. I don't think I don't think people using their dogs as substitutes for human love isn't about this is the only thing that keeps me from being a serial killer. Right. That's that's a different <laughs> thing. It's thing, thing. That, that's just straight up like, like no, like I went on a bad date. Nobody loves me, or no, I have no friends. And then that dog, that dog becomes a substitute know. for having it's a child and for having a romantic yeah. partner. And that's that's not a good. Some look. people's relationships with animals is a byproduct of an unhealthy mental. State. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. But fleece that motherfucker. Take it. <laughs> Take it. Dogachinos all day and night. Give them 30 of them bitches. I mean, this is no different than plastic surgery. You're getting over on people mm. that also have something missing. Uh, like you can't really listen to me on this one because I think that <laughs> if I'm being totally honest here, honest to God, I think my worst trait is that I use stupid people for entertainment. And so I see absolutely nothing. If somebody's stupid enough, I want the biggest titties in the history of the world. Give them to that dumb motherfucker. Take that money. I want to feed my dog a $100 plate meal. Give it to him. Take that money from that fucking idiot. I see both sides. See Laugh both sides. all the way to the bank on stupid people. Pets can give you an escapism from, you know, a lot of the horrors of the world with unconditional love and licks to the face, even after they just lick their balls. Oh. But I, I'm not. my face. I don't know if I can. More power to him. Five star Michelin chef, and the dog would have been completely content to eat out the fucking trash can. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying too hard in life. I need to just start doing shit like this. Right? 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 There's no greater example than the nigga in the 70s who became a millionaire selling pet rocks. You can sell dummies anything. <laughs> this is a fair point. Anything can be sold. We buy water in America. Uh-huh. Okay. You can sell motherfuckers stupid the shit for country. real money. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very valid point. Very valid point. Because Pet Rocks has to be the most outrageous thing that has ever been sold to people. <laughs> Rocks is free as shit. And they were selling out of them shit. See what I'm saying? Like that, that, that out, horrible. You can go outside and get an unlimited collection of Pet Rocks and a nigga was putting them shits in stores in a box and motherfuckers made him rich. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I understand this story, but I don't like it. Uh, just, it makes you sad. I don't. So, so the people. Ain't no, so like he can't get a he can't get a CMO. Becoming rich off people buying dog meals don't get you a CMO. His mama named him Rod. We call him Rod for Wait, short. Wait, Roy, I need to ask him something really quickly. Just a quick sidebar. Mm. 
if he would save me just a smidgen of time on his relationship fair so I can talk about engagement. Aside from oh, absolutely, story, okay, absolutely, all the time you thank want. You. <laughs> no, 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 just a smidgen. Do you know what's going on in JG's DM since the last relationship fair ride? Yeah, apparently people are asking her for advice. Tell, tell the people what's going on, Jacqueline. Oh, it's just oh, no, no. We go, we go. I'll hold it. We go next relationship fair. Yeah. We'll dive into your DMs. Okay. Matter of fact, screenshot the best ones, and we gonna have Rod like help these women. Giving no, you didn't cover the name. No, no, no. We're not gonna tell people who they are, but okay. screenshot them so the team so we can see them. We need to okay. see these people okay. so we can not help them. Not help yeah. them. These women are in. Yeah. We need to be able to click their profiles because for some of them, you know, it's like you're a hard three. Ain't nobody proposing, lady. I'm mm, sorry. No. <laughs> like, you didn't get in the Sackleson. You are not coming to Sackleson looking like that. You were not getting married. They're sad. Mm. Now, let me ask you. Now, let me ask you a different question, Jacqueline. What? Let me ask you a different question. What they looking like? Is it a couple of eights in there? <laughs> Does any of them look equal or better than Rachel Dolezal? All of that. I'm putting it on the grid right now, JG. Look at the grid changing in front of me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Matter of fact, let's put the kite in the air right now. If you're a woman and you've already DM JG, DM her more details about the relationship so that we can really unpack yeah. what the fuck is going on. And we're going to pass that over to Rod. Yeah. Or you can Rod just DM me directly. Whatever. No, Don't do that. Or you can send it to women. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, here, to, I'm here to let's help. Let's not do that. We'll go on the show. No, you're not. Yeah. Let's not do that. Right, go ahead and send it to the to the job fair email box. What's the job fair the job fair yeah. email box? You can send it there too. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Thank you as always. We gotta get back to Chef Rock. We appreciate you, Rock. All right, bless oh my up. Gosh. Bless up. Keep it sunny. Thank you, Rod. Why am I trying to be helpful? Why? Scam of the week time was we welcome Chef Rock back on and let's get into the actual metrics of is it a fool's errand to even mm. open a restaurant? Them things be closing, don't they, JG? They do. Pre-COVID, around 60% of new restaurants failed within the first year. And the reason why was basically location and then also the food going downhill. No one's back there still putting their foot in it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why we thankful that the McRib is still around and that that recipe has been solid. <laughs> I've never had a McRib, Roy. Long live the Happy Feet Sandwich. No! <laughs> I'm also curious about the fact that most restaurants fail within a year to two years. What have you learned to keep the doors open? Um, you know, I think those stats are interesting. And that, that's sort of the thing that people say. Here's the thing. Just because you can cook doesn't mean it's going to be good business. It can be. But they're almost mm-hmm. things. If we think about it, I don't know what cities y'all are in, but you travel around this country. Some of the most popular restaurants are pretty mediocre in service and in food. But that's because you have an owner or investors that really, really know business or have relationships where they can sustain that business. So what, what I've learned to answer your question pointedly is that you got to have money and you got to have the right people on your team or capital. Okay. And you got to be able to understand cash flow. Like just because I'm the best, there's nobody on this in this country that can fry chicken like me. Okay? Except for... Uh, don't say that because I'm going to have to test it. Don't say that because I'm going to have to test it. I'm coming, I'm coming home next week and I'm coming straight to your spot. Just I love hold that. that down. Word up. Let me, let me qualify that. And there's only one in, in the restaurant business. I'm not talking about grandma, auntie on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, okay. That, let me correct that. Okay. Nice disclaimer. Nice Thank disclaimer, you. Sir. Except for uh, Dookie Chase, uh, Queen Mother, may she rest in peace, uh, Leah Chase, she passed recently. The best fried chicken I've ever had in my mm. life. Other than her, I, I got it. But here's the point. That don't matter if I don't know how to negotiate a lease or if how to Come pay on. people or keep my car. Mm-hmm. So many people go into mm-hmm. it, and this is not just black people. Many cultures go into it because they can cook well and serve well, but we don't know business as much, and we realize, like, As I travel, I go around to the restaurants that have the James Beard award winning chefs and those who do all the baking and whatnot. Do you have a favorite chef? Aside from yourself, of course. Do I have a favorite chef in in the country, like around? Wow, that's a big question. Um, Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
I'm writing it down too because I'm going. So, oh my gosh, that is such a big question. I know. You're get me in trouble. Um, we ain't asking you to name your Mount Rushmore, respect. but just a couple of folks that bubble up to the top. Yeah. I'll stick. Okay, so there's a, there's a, there's a, a chef in D.C. His name is Angel Barreto. And he is a um, he's his restaurant is Anju. He's executive chef. He's been nominated for all the awards. Super talented brother and uh, cook his ass off. Great dude. Um, I'm really loving his food. Um, like I said, I mentioned Dookie Chase down in New Orleans, one of my favorite restaurants. Um, oh man, this is pressure. My mouth just got dry. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to come back to you on that. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Okay. No, it's fine. I'm you just curious. See, though, you got to check out Anju. It's on the list. I'm on it. Yeah, Andrew's good eating, bro. Yeah, Andrew's good eating. Acting and stand up have ruined television for me for the most part. I can watch it, but I watch it from an analytical brain. It's very few things that I can actually key in mm-hmm. on and just enjoy as a consumer. When you are out to eat, has doing what you do at the level that you've done it? Because, you know, for a while, you know, you're the head chef out there in Vegas at the Green Valley Ranch Resort and Spa. Mm-hmm. Then you come home to Arlington, you start Queen Mother, you start doing what you do and you do it with the level of specificity and perfection because I always feel like chefs, like that separating line between a chef and a cook is like the chef wants this to change your life. When you Mm -hmm. bite into this, I want everything that you was thinking about to fucking leave your consciousness. Mm -hmm. Are you able to eat out at all? Like, can, can you go to Applebee's? <laughs> you go. Disrespectful. Let's 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 level up. Let's level up. Cheesecake Factory. Okay. Oh, like, this, yeah, that you, is a level up. That's a step up. Um, it's barely, but it's a step up. <laughs> are you are you ruined? Is your palate ruined? Like, mm. nah. What's the, what's the downside to being a chef like this? Like, because it, it mm. seems like you have a very eclectic, mm. elevated palate. I just don't know if a motherfucker like you can still appreciate a Cheddar Bay Biscuit. Listen, I could I, I, all day, all day, bro. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, that's funny. I, I think, I don't know what the parallel is on the comedy side, but I think that it's like Dennis Green said, we know, I knew who you, we knew who they were, right? We, we, they were who we thought they were. Mm-hmm. So if they, I'm going to get right. a Cheddar Bay Biscuit, Red Lobster, or if I'm going to Cheesecake, I expect the spring rolls to be the spring rolls. I know what it's supposed to be. So you ain't going to feed me no bullshit and say, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I went to Cheesecake Factory. Fun fact, not too long ago, the food conference, and my man, the shrimp was supposed to be the, I forget the shrimp. The, the dragon fire shrimp or whatever. And he served me like, cho- they were chopped up. It looked like, um, what do you call it? The, the Benny Hanna style, like, but it wasn't. It was chop, 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 chop. Yeah. Oh. They diced the shrimp? It looked nice. And wow, did you $28, do and this was right in the middle of the pandemic, and the bartender was like, well, sir, that's how they're supposed to be. I said, listen, stop, like, <laughs> mm, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that, son. Don't do don't, that. I Just give me the regular old bang that bang bang. Mm-hmm. Give me the bang bang, bro. Stop stop. But yeah. um so so I, I'm good. I can go to the hole in the wall pasta joint uh Long Island. I can go to, you know, the Michelin stars and I'm good anywhere. I just want it to be what I what I expect it to be. All right. I was literally gonna ask you, since I know you're in the Alexandria area, do you still eat at restaurants? that have plexiglass at the serving door like because because right because at home because at home there's certain people who will judge your mambo sauce depending on whether or not you actually have plexiglass you got to order behind the plexiglass those days over for me and i'm gonna tell you why you talking about like bulletproof so i I tell my friends in in city all the time we got to stop support if you if you got to have this up and ain't nobody getting shot in restaurants Y'all got to stop supporting these places about that view you as, as, as a yeah. dude on the other side of the counter with a... So if I, mm. I don't care how late it is, how drunk we are, I ain't doing it. So those those places are vultures mm. on the neighborhood. Now, I don't eat that. I support that, sir. I support that. Yeah. That's what's up. After the break, we're going to break down what restaurant workers can do to create better situations for themselves and what employers can do to stop the turnover in the restaurant industry. It's the job fair. We'll be right back. Brought to you by McRib. Not for real, but if McRib want to have it, we'll take your money. (laughs) 
Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Job fair. We are rounding third and headed for home. Now, let's end here, Chef Rock, your podcast, the Chef Rock Experiment Podcast. Now, you get into talking about the restaurant industry, and I'm not going to sit here and act like we on the same level. I was a front-of-the-house guy. Talk to us a little bit about the podcast and what made you... We know you have the knowledge, but what made you decide, nah, people, other people have to know what's going on within this industry? Yeah. So the Chef Rock experiment was was born several years ago when, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to get into entertainment a long time ago when I was in middle school. And Mm -hmm. I've been trying to, you know, figure out how to work my way back into it. Like Hell's Kitchen was my jump into TV. And then. Um, the restaurant business is very unforgiving, and uh, I wanted to have something that can live forever, that that serves value to to people, but also um, is fun to do. So I said, you know, five six years ago, let me get into podcasting, um, and you know, I own that. Okay. Uh, so you know, adding value, it, you know, what can I say on this microphone? Who can I interview that helps folks in our industry? Because you know, we don't have a bunch of programming that isn't. It's very foo-foo. It's very, you know, it's it just not super specific. Like people tell you, you know, how to hire a, a CPA or a lawyer to negotiate a lease or, or you know, what mm-hmm. to do when you get a sign on the power washing duty and the blooming onion gravy is all over the place. I think in the restaurant industry, there's definitely been a power shift between the employee to the employees versus the owners. But I still think that the employees are not solving their problems by bouncing from spot to spot to do the exact same thing, because I believe there's a lot of symmetry within the restaurant industry in terms of the problems that most front of the house and back of the house face. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're, you you got your finger on the pulse, Roy. It's um there's a big opportunity over the past really several years, but really, you know, since the pandemic. <laughs> for employers and employees to, to, to really create this kind of, um, you know, healthier, more robust, uh, fulfilling workplace, right? As opposed to, we could fire back in the day, right? You could fight because there was a line of people and you could just fire. Now you can't do it. You, you can't do it because there's not a lot of people waiting to get the job. So you almost forced into how can I make this place? Like, what do you want? And instead of quitting, like, say what you want, say what doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. And let's mm-hmm. figure out the middle place. Mm-hmm. Even if you're only going to work here for six months, like let's be in relationship so we can say, I can offer this to you. Here's how much you can make. Here's what we're going to do. Here's, you know, and then, at the end of the six months, we say bye. Chefs in the restaurant community always want, we had this dumbass belief like, we're in it to be great, to get the Michelin star. It's like, nah, your ass gonna get the Michelin uh-huh. star and you gonna make the couple million and you gonna go on the TV. I'm gonna still be a line cook. So let's, you know, the youth are like, nah, we don't believe that bullshit no more. So and let's stop telling the lie and then also let's create this workplace where we can both benefit, get what we want and bounce. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's so interesting you say that, man. I'm a, and, and we've already kind of made it clear. We're, I'm from the Virginia area and I was, I was home not too long ago and like you talking stock restaurant my mom and dad my mom ordered from bob evans and when we went to bob evans with no shot you know shout out bob evans in springfield i love y'all but the thing is i was at the door people were coming into the restaurant and then they were leaving and i just watched it kept happening and so when i went in i asked the manager what was going on there was one manager there was one cook and there was one server so it, when I asked the manager what was going on, she said, nobody wants to work. And, and on the heels of that question that you just brilliantly answered, I'm going to ask you to further it. What are you doing to retain people 
to, to work yeah. in this environment because there are a lot of restaurants and people who, who do good stuff. But, you know, the, the market literally changed in front of all of our faces thanks to the quarantine. So what kind of things are you doing to encourage people to, to stay? So that's a great question. So nobody wants to work. We got to the people in these positions of hiring power got to stop saying stuff like that without asking the question. Why does nobody want to work? Right. We're just saying that. So there's something, something, a shift happened globally. So in the restaurant business, you know, like, or dot, 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 stretch that out. Nobody wants to work in a shitty job for under, for no, no money, long hours, no health care. And, you know, so like stretch that out. That's why. So how can we, we can't pay, you know, some of the, we can't offer some of the benefits um, just yet, but how can we, so the question is, how can we make them want to work? What do you want? Like, this is a question that we, I think people have to ask internally and we have to ask the cooks. What is it, what is it that you want out of a job, right? How, what type of flexibility? How can we change some of these positions? How can we have a conversation with the customers, right? The true value of food. Bob Evans has not raised their prices tremendously. So that cook that's making $10, $12, maybe $15 an hour with no benefits, that that's because the, the, the triple pay plate still has to be eight or ten dollars to get the senior citizens in. How are how is that plate not risen over the past thirty years? That's or twenty years. That's insane. So what the question is, what what um what responsibility does the public how do they value the food and our labor, right? So that plate should be twenty four, maybe. Um so anyway, so I think we have to ask better questions and stop saying no a lot of people just don't want to work I mean that's but they don't want to work in those type of jobs people do want to be happy and fulfilled in their occupation so we have to ask the question is why can't they get that here it's almost like Ralph you walking at Bob Evans what the manager should have said like why is everybody leaving there's one cook one server and one manager because we can't pay these motherfuckers the money that they deserve and we can't charge y'all more because then you motherfuckers won't come here so take your goofy if you ask right. to McDonald's and get you some not the dollar menu. <laughs> I'm heavy handed in the kitchen when it comes to spices. And a secret my mother gave me was to balance that out with either sugar or honey. Do you have any secrets like that that you can share? Mm. Okay, mom, with the balance. All right. Um, secrets. Mm. Uh, so I'm not much of a big secret guy. I think... Cooking mm-hmm. is kind of it's easy, and I've been told like that's silly. But well, then how do you deglaze, Chef? Because I hadn't been able to glaze. No, yet. Jacqueline, if you don't email this man all these no. cooking questions, get the brown off the bottom, get something <laughs> nice and brown, and then a flavorful liquid, either a wine or stock or something. I got it right here, Chef. I'm. Oh, you ready? I'm not doing a good job of this I deglazing. It. I love it. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest mistakes home cooks make. That that. Please. We ha- we use high heat. Right. Most people at home are so scared of the smoke detector going off that they, y'all don't use high enough heat to get the searing, to get the browning. So what happens is I don't know about your kitchen, but so if you want to deglaze, what you have to do is not be I, all of the uh, the smoke detectors in my place are disconnected because when neighbors are like, what are you doing over there? It can't be a fire every night. It's smoke. You don't, OK. Smoke. So <laughs> use higher heat. Um, uh, okay. And that, that's the tip I got. I hope that helps. Thank you. I'm going to try it. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and drop that address, Chef Rock. So, so, you know, if cats might happen to be listening yes. to Virginia area, you know, saying next two or three weeks and, and need a reminder where to show please, please, your chicken. QueenMotherCooks.com. QueenMotherCooks.com is the website. I'm on Instagram at Rock Harper where you can find all the links. Uh, but come on through. We're open Tuesday through Saturday serving the best fried chicken in the world. I'm in. Well, you are Chef Rock Harper. Podcast is the Chef Rock Experiment Podcast. I'm supposed to be down in D.C. I might have to come on through there and grab some of this because this chef talk a lot of shit. I like when the chef, you ain't never heard a chef talk shit. Yeah, <laughs> I got the best yeah, fried yeah. chicken in the world. <laughs> <laughs> These are the chefs. Whatever you eating, that shit is slaw. They didn't stepped on. They didn't cut their shit with right. bullshit. 100% pure fried chicken over here. Chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> chef Fry, thank you so much for coming on the job fair. And you know what? Thank and you, chef. Anytime you want me on, my, on your podcast, and I'm not saying this just for the sake because we recording, but 
I will be happy to come on and tell you stories as a server at Golden Corral. I'll tell you about the time that the African dude Glenn went out in the parking lot and chased customers across the parking lot because they stiffed him on the 12 top. No. So, it's just a little foot pursuit. It wasn't. No I'm gonna hold thing. you to that. That is that doesn't surprise me. No. But that's crazy. Was he a manager? No, he was just a regular ass server like me. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, that one got you, chef. You, yeah, you, you need to hear him go. His go to corral stories. I got a ton of questions. I'll say before the podcast. I'll say I appreciate that, Roy. Thank you, chef. Ask him also when he's there about the time he took us all on the West Coast to a restaurant that served chicken and waffles, and we could have died. But I'm gonna leave it right there. Listen, you didn't die though, did you? Did you die? <laughs> did you die? Was there not a murder? Was there a murder? Yes, there was. There was a rapper who was shot and killed. <laughs> At a at a chicken and waffle. Oh, this is super uh, recent. Yeah, this is yeah. so real. This is super recent. Okay, wow. Yeah, we got to talk about it. I got stories for days when All I come right, to okay. the service. Right. I don't know shit about the back of the house, but I can not talk about the fact that you know the one thing about restaurant work is that because it is hectic, because it is crazy, the people you work with it becomes family, and a lot of the people that uh-huh. I work with in the restaurant industry, I'm still close with to this day. Yeah, and it's so, definitely one of the most meaningful. Full second family jobs that I've ever had. We've held you up enough. I will be down there before years in to taste this shit talking Thank chicken. You. Appreciate y'all. Thank, um, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. That's we'll do. We're taking too long. I'm gonna be there. In, I'm gonna be there in a week and a half, homie. Fuck oh, dumb man. shit. I'm coming. I ain't even fronting you. I'm for real. I'm coming. Love to see it. Jackson, let me know if you have yeah, any questions. I appreciate y'all having uh, me on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. It was an honor. All right, y'all. I appreciate you finally. Y'all be good. Much love, chef. That's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions, man. It's a good oh, episode, man. Wait, where can I see you next? In person. Oh, I'm not going. If you wasn't in Atlanta for the Daily Show broadcast, you missed me, dog. That's it. I might pop up New York and jokes in a random hut somewhere, but nice. I'm. I'm. You need to go to a hair salon. What you need to do is go fade back to the bushes. Now, you done brought it up again. Now, what did it's I the end you? of the, the show. Bring the music what up, bro. Bring the music what up. I, what I told you at the beginning of the show. I bring said, the music bring up, up bro. To all the women that see JG in the hair salon, please tell her all over how much you love this show. Because she really appreciates <laughs> being interrupted in the middle of getting her hair dry. Turn the music up, bro. Please. <laughs> this has been a Comedy Central podcast. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.